You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome on back to the Locked On Syracuse podcast, where it is time to buy some oranges, Ty. Oh, I'm going to the grocery store tomorrow. Man, I can't believe they did it. The Cuse is in the house. The Cuse is in. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED, the number 15. You'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. That was a sweat last night. I I wasn't feeling great about halfway through. So my emotions were all over the place. And you could tell I was the one tweeting. I feel like people who follow our Twitter account have a pretty good gauge. Check us out at LO underscore Syracuse. But I feel like people kind of know when you're tweeting versus when I'm tweeting. Like, is that fair to say? Maybe. Yeah, okay. I mean, but I th- feel why like do you say that, tell, though? Just I don't know. It's just like different points of view, different stuff that comes out. Like, we could even play a guessing game where we thread everything now and underneath each tweet just put who tweeted this, Tim or Tyler, and I feel like the people would get it right most of the time. Anyway, that's beside the point. I was tweeting, and I had a lot of optimism heading into this. And I really felt good the entire time until Virginia Tech got labeled as a 10. That made me start to sweat a little bit. I was feeling good. Once I saw Utah State was in the field, I was like, all right. I feel like Syracuse has the much better resume, much better brand. All that's good and well for Syracuse. And then you saw some of these other teams start to get in. You're feeling really good. And then Virginia Tech's a 10. And that's when I held my breath a little bit. Yeah, so you tweeted, and I guess you're right that it's different point of views because I think you tweeted something like when Utah State got in that that was a good sign for Syracuse or it could be a good sign. And honestly, when I saw the Utah State stuff, I think I was... You were texting I was, in the chat. Yeah, I was under 50% they were going to make it at that wow, point. And I feel like a lot low. of... Uh, really? It's yeah. funny. You went under 50%. I went over 90% internally when I saw that. So why is that? Because I just felt like that the 11 seed was their spot, right? And that's where right. we were going to see them called. And then we had made it through three 11 seeds by that point out of a total six, I guess, because you know that there's the play-in games. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were going to be a was, play-in game. That, that's where I felt going into the selection process. Yeah, same. And uh, the fact that they avoided that, I think a, num- a number of things went right for them. First of all, Ban Louisville came into effect. How about it, Tim? We got that going. They're not in the tournament. Now, I know they weren't banned, but kind of has a nice feeling to it that Louisville is not in the tournament after everything that they did, all the shenanigans that they went through throughout the year. And rightfully so. They lost six of their final 10 games and only beat one tournament team the entire season, got their doors blown off whenever they came off those COVID pauses. I'm happy Louisville's not in. They shouldn't be in. Syracuse should be in over them. And I don't think there's many people that can argue that. And the writing started to come on the wall once you saw that every single bracketologist, there was like a little shift where you saw, it was probably on Friday or so, every bracketologist flipped Syracuse and Louisville. Every single one put Syracuse ahead of the Cardinals. And that's when I knew the Orange was feeling good heading into Selection Sunday. I was a little surprised, though, that 
Louisville didn't make it and Cuse wasn't in a playing game. Like when you look at yeah, the S curve, I, I saw it. I'll agree with Cuse that. Cuse was mm-hmm. 41. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't really know how the selection committee can leave Louisville. I'm not complaining, but I don't know how they can leave Louisville entirely out of the tournament. And then, I mean, Syracuse, a lot of people I think are upset at just how good of a seed they got because. Right. They're very, very comfy. Yeah. I thought, and that's why when I was starting to, so when Utah State pops up, you're running through the teams that are left in your head, and you're thinking, all right, we haven't seen Michigan State. To me, they've got a better resume than Syracuse. And we had seen Drake at that point too, right? Right. If I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, it was Drake, Wichita in the first game, so already that's like, oh gosh, that... Those are two bubble teams. So you're thinking, oh gosh, I'm thinking, oh hell, like they might get a nine seed at this point. Like that's the way my mind was working, I felt like. Yeah, but you're just running out of options. And also Georgetown and Oregon State hadn't popped up by the time that Utah State. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and you figured that they would be 12s, but you don't know entirely until you see it. So when I saw Utah State and I saw Virginia Tech as a 10 and Georgia Tech as a 9, Georgia Tech is playing like a top 25 team right now. Right. I thought that was a little bit of an underseeding to put them as a 9 seed coming off winning the ACC tournament. I know they got a pass by getting through Virginia without having to play the game, but still. So, I don't know. It was all trending kind of negative ACC. It couldn't have been a worse start for Syracuse, in my mind, in terms of you get through a playing game, they're not in it. You get to the next 11, they're not in it, and you still got some of these automatic bids that we know have to be coming in Georgetown and Oregon State, and you know that Michigan State's on the table, UCLA's on the table, Louisville's still there, and I'm just running through and I'm thinking, all right, they have to be in a playing game at this point, and they're probably going to be playing Michigan State or UCLA in the playing game, and I just never would have thought that they would have been comfy 11 seed ahead of Michigan State, given I how many quadrant so one wins it Michigan was, State It has. was very interesting. And you bring up the S-curve. I thought that was a very weird placement to have them ahead of both UCLA and Michigan State. I would not have pinned the Syracuse as a better team over those two. But here we are. And it's going to be a very interesting term. I don't even think we've said who, who the opponent is yet. But San Diego State... <laughs> We'll we'll dive into them a little bit later on in the show, but I'm I'm relieved and I'm still perplexed at how the Orange ended up where they did. I again I thought they were in the field. I think they should be in the field, but I'm perplexed at kind of how comfy they got in. And it reminded me a little bit of maybe not to, to the same degree of 2016, but everyone wasn't sure if Syracuse was in back in 2016. And not only did they get in, they got in as a 10 seed, which means they avoided the first four. Like everyone was saying, oh, they're going to be a first four team if they get in the field. And then they end up being a 10 seed comfortably way past that ledger of being team 68, 67. So it, it was strange, but it worked out for them. All right, guys, quick break to tell you that this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. If you don't like swallowing pills, there are no problems here. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line 
at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free right now. Again, that's for free. When you use our promo code locked on at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code locked on to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Got to tell you about the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It is betonline.ag. With March Madness right around the corner, you can feel it right now in the air. It is March. There's so much action to get in on, and you can get all your props, spreads, money lines, all that fun stuff. You get it at betonline.ag. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use our promo code Locked On. You will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The other thing is, we're talking about this like, oh man, they got a good break to be so clearly in the field and not be in the playing game. That's all true. But they also drew San Diego State as a six seed. Right. And I'm not saying that's not a winnable game. And we'll obviously pick the game at some point this week and we'll dive into it. And I've started doing some prep on that. And it's it's a matchup that's going to be interesting for sure. But I would say San Diego State going into the tournament, I thought would be a five seed. And I think you can make a case they're a top 20 team in America right now. And that's who you're playing as an 11 seed going against a 6 seed. So, you know, Bayheim gets on there. And, of course, Bayheim in his little interview Selection Sunday thing is going to talk about how good the opponent is because that's what every coach in America does. And he's a huge proponent of just pumping up the other team. So I'm not shocked by that. But he said something like they could be a 2 or a 3 seed. And he's not wrong. I mean, this was a team that maybe was a 1 seed last year before Mm -hmm. all hell broke loose with coronavirus and they probably were going to be a two seed because they lost to utah state in the final last year in the mountain west they beat them this year and they've won 14 straight games they're a very good ball club and that's kind of what scares me about them is that they're that chip on your shoulder team this season they were robbed of having their moment in the spotlight a season ago of being that one seed and it's not like baylor where baylor just came back and they did it again No, I mean, they got robbed. They got robbed, and it sucks for San Diego State, and now you feel like they're going to be a hungry group. Although I do want to point out this about the Midwest region in general here. I would say it's probably the weakest of the four. I'm looking around, and first of all, it's the all-orange region. I don't know if you saw that, but, I mean, you got Illinois, you got Tennessee, Oregon State, Oklahoma State, Syracuse, Clemson. It's going to be the battle for the orange emoji right? Because we know Tennessee always likes to claim it. We see Clemson claim it from time to time. Illinois, like all of these schools claim the orange emoji. All right. This is the, this is the battle right here. Whoever wins from this Midwest region here gets the orange emoji for the rest of our technological times. Okay. I'm going to throw that out there first, but (laughs) second of all, I look at this, and listen, if you can get past San Diego State, and I hate to to start looking this far ahead when when it's a Sunday night and we're running through things here, but there's a path. 
there is a very clear-cut path to go deep in this tournament if you get through that first game. And again, you look across the, the other regions, I feel like Syracuse kind of lucked out by getting in this Midwest region. Yeah. West Virginia is the three seed, right? Is that right. Mm-hmm. my memory is correct there? Yeah. So just to remind anyone that kind of, so that would be your second round game in all likelihood. And mm-hmm. again, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but I think you bring up a good point. There's not a ton of overwhelmingly dominant teams in that region. And I do think there's a path to be that Syracuse could go on a little bit of a run and the way they're playing. I mean, this game opens at betonline.ag minus two San Diego state. And I think that's pretty fair, and I'm sure when you see the numbers on ESPN's tournament challenge of how many people are picking Syracuse, a lot of people are going to pick Syracuse just because it's Syracuse versus a lesser brand name school in San Diego State who's coming out of the Mountain West Conference. And I mean, San Diego State has beat two tournament teams all year long. They beat UCLA in the first game of the season, and UCLA, as we said, is in a play-in game as an eleven. And they beat Utah State after losing to Utah State twice in the regular season. In the third time around, they beat them in the conference tournament game in their last game to make it 14 straight wins. So they lost to BYU, who's a sixth seed in the tournament. Um, They beat a St. Mary's team who was decent earlier in the year. But St. Mary's is not maybe the St. Mary's that they've been in, in previous years as like the team that's right up there with Gonzaga in that conference. So it's not a juggernaut in San Diego State, but it's a very well-disciplined team that wins a lot of games and is going to be coming in very confident, like Syracuse will be coming in. No doubt, and and I think you're going to see the first five minutes probably dictate what happens for the remainder of the game. That's what I'm looking forward to in this one, and we'll get into all of that, but in terms of the number, when you saw the number come out on betonline.ag, they set it at two. I'm sure it'll move between now and and when everything tips off Friday, but were you surprised when you saw the two? Because I was. I thought that might be like a three or a four. Yeah, I think it... I think I expected three if I had to pick, and maybe they're just kind of assuming that people are going to be on the Syracuse bandwagon a little bit more for the reasons that I laid out, brand name... And it is, people, you know, it's Jim Beheim in March. Like, that's been a thing recently. Whereas San Diego State, I know they were really good when they had Kawhi Leonard and they were a two seed, but... Yeah, how about this? I this is they, the, the battle of former Jordan athletes, Carmelo versus Kawhi. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that's one way to look at that's it. The, I that's think the that team kind of underwhelmed, though, uh, in the tournament, if I'm remembering correctly. Anyway, it was a... It was a long time ago now, and now they've got Brian Dutcher who's taken over for Steve Fisher. It's a very good program that's very good on defense, and they really could have been a five seed, and Syracuse could have been a first four, 11 seed. So two points maybe is a little bit closer than I thought. No, I'm with you. I, I was very shocked, and I think the total of 138 and a half as well. We have a poll going out on our Twitter account, at LO underscore Syracuse, too. And you can vote on that, see where you think the game's going. But that 138 and a half, San Diego State's a good defensive team. And I'm a little worried about, like, that That number just feels spot on. So my, my early indication of the total is stay away. Yeah. Yeah, 11th in the country on Ken Palm defense for San Diego State. And they can also shoot the ball. 
They're 28th in the country right. in three-point shooting percentage. Okay, guys, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. My personal favorite protein bar out there. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is the Built Bar Madness, where today's matchup, we're on to the Enticing 8, as they're calling it. It started with 32 flavors going against each other. Today's matchup is between the peanut butter brownie and coconut almond. I've got a lean peanut butter brownie here. That is maybe my top flavor. And I know I said that about a lot of different bars if you've been a loyal listener to this podcast. But if they win, they will face cookies and cream in the enticing eight. You can vote on your favorite Built Bar and get in on the action of the Built Bar Madness today. Go to BuiltBar.com or to Bar underscore Built on Twitter to vote today on each day's matchup as they continue to roll out over at BuiltBar.com. And remember, use the promo code LOCKED15. Again, that is LOCKED, the number 15. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. You know, we're going to talk a lot more about them going forward, but we can kind of get into like a SparkNotes version of the San Diego State team because... Can I amend I that? We'll- I want to amend that. It's the schmoop version. Because remember, SparkNotes kind of sucks now. I don't know if, <laughs> if you noticed that when you were in school, but I, like when I tried to use SparkNotes, it sucked. I, I couldn't use yeah. SparkNotes. It was awful. So everyone starts They were to- just the first ones, so they get yeah, all the... So they coined, it's like yeah, Heinz it's like, ketchup. Right, yeah. exactly. No one thinks of Heinz. They all think of Heinz. But... I, I looked at, at SparkNotes, and all the teachers start to catch on to SparkNotes, too. And then everyone sees, oh, there's this other website called Schmoop that actually gives you a lot better information and also gives you, like, just all the stuff that you need on the quiz or the test is going to be on Schmoop. So for all the kids out there listening, you want a little shortcut for some of your schoolwork, don't go to SparkNotes for the English assignment. <laughs> go to schmoop.com. That is an endorsement from me. An yeah. unpaid well, maybe endorsement. Maybe we can get them to sponsor well. us. Yeah. yeah, the the Schmoop segment of the week here. San Diego State Schmoop Review. Is that how you say it? I've never even Shmoop, heard of it. Yeah. I, I just S-H-M-O-O-P. go off S-H-M-O-O-P. Well, that's why I think I got better grades than you in school. Oh, I guess that's actually probably true, <laughs> but I don't think we were we were either either of us no, were all stars in the classroom yeah. at the no. end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So here's the San Diego State quick hitting stuff, and one thing we're going to do this week. We know the people love Anthony DeBundo's digits. Mm-hmm. Our guy Anthony DeBundo, who's at the Daily Orange, and usually we do a preview podcast the day before the game. I'm sure we will have the day before the game podcast really dive into this matchup and get out our final thoughts on it, but we've got all week, so I think we'll kind of hit on San Diego State in each episode, and we'll probably give you some DeBundo's digits, maybe a shorter version, and, and spread it out so we yeah. get like a couple I think we're going to get like and- every day this week. Not today, but every day this week, he's going to drop a little nugget for us yeah. to dissect. So I'm looking forward to well, that. Well, in the absence of not having him today... I, I came up with one digit that has struck me in Ooh, the I've, early I've got a couple digits for research. you as well. Okay, great. We, we'll have so, a digit off here. All right, and, and maybe Anthony DeBundo, if he's listening, he can uh, give us a ranking on whose digits are better or just chime in. So here is, here's my digit. It's on hoopmath.com, great website that kind of scours all your little intricacies as a team. San Diego State per hoopmath.com 
is 23.3% of their shots allowed at the rim. So basically, the opponent is only shooting at the rim against them 23.3% of the time. That is the lowest mark in the country. So Hmm. essentially, they're not allowing teams to get to the rim. They're not allowing easy shots at the rim. And they play a pack line defense. When you think of the pack line D, think of Virginia and kind of the principles that come with that. Two of the big principles there are don't allow shots at the rim, limit opportunities around the rim, and also limit transition opportunities. So Syracuse, as a team, does not get to the rim very often. They actually get to the rim seventh fewest amount of the country in terms of Syracuse's shots at the rim. They shoot 27% of their shots at the rim. So when you look at that, it's a team that doesn't allow a lot of shots at the rim going against a team that does not get to the rim very often. It means Syracuse is going to have to hit jumpers in this game, which I think we know they can do at times. Right. But they're really going to have to do it against the San Diego State team because actually a lot of San Diego State's vulnerability on defense is their three-point defense, and that's where a lot of their scoring is allowed. Well, let's be honest, too. I, I When you bring up that number, and it's a fantastic statistic there, I think you, you, you win this digit measuring contest between wow. the two of us here because I'm going to give you a very simpleton stat after this. But... Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I think that helps Syracuse because let's be honest, they're not going to win any game in this tournament if they're not shooting the ball well. So the fact that this is going to lend itself to being an outside shooting contest, at least from an offensive perspective for Syracuse, like I know Quincy's good around the rim, but this team doesn't have a dominant post presence. So I feel like that helps Syracuse out. And the fact that if they turn this into an outside shooting game, it'll really help them out. I'm just looking at if Griffin's not playing well, if Buddy's not shooting well, if you're not getting anything from Gerard, this team's not going to win anyway. So at least give yourself a chance in an outside shooting game like this one could be offensively for Syracuse. So that's a really good number here. I'm going to give you my, my dummy digit here. 9-2, and two, <laughs> that's Syracuse's record against mid-major schools in the NCAA tournament over the past Oh, decade. I like that. So... There's your your hint of optimism that I will spring upon you here as we enter closer and closer to that Friday matchup. But 9-2 and two against mid-majors. So they're probably thrown off by a couple of things. I would say number one, the 2-3 zone. And we'll get into how San Diego State fares against zones later on yeah. throughout the week, I'm sure. But 9-2, and two, I think the zone is probably a big reason for why they've had that sort of success in the past decade against these mid-majors. Yeah, and... I think that's a good point for sure, because also San Diego State, like I talked about, they only have two wins against tournament teams this year. They're both 11 seeds. They weren't convincing wins or anything. Now, that's also a product of them just not really playing a lot of good teams. When you think about the Mountain West Conference, it wasn't that long ago. I think it was 2013. They had five at-large bids come out of the Mountain West Conference, and there's only nine or ten schools typically Mm -hmm. in the Mountain West. And now you look at the league, and it was decent this year. Boise State, Colorado State, Utah State. Right now, what? They got two teams in, but that number probably could end up being three or four if there's some COVID uh, teams that are knocked out. So there's a bunch of of teams. And and we even highlighted this. It's funny. We highlighted this in our previews. We said, watch the Mountain West, because that's where all the the cards kind of lie at the table right now. Yeah, and I did watch a fair amount of that. Mountain West Championship game because I was rooting against Utah State and we were doing a lot of Mountain West viewing this past week. I was a little bit surprised at how quickly San Diego State plays. 
I don't know if that was just me being uneducated about their system, but when you just look at, okay, they have really good defense, they play smart, like veteran group, I just fell into the trap of maybe thinking that they were going to be more like a Rutgers. Or, and right. by the way, it's I think it's hilarious that Rutgers is playing Clemson in the first round <laughs> game because to me, those Rock teams fight. are the same exact teams like <laughs> yeah. this year. The way they play and nothing flashy about them, but decent defense and Syracuse fans know because... They saw Rutgers and Clemson. But this is a team that they will get up and down on you. And I know I talked about how they're going to try and limit transition opportunities, but they haven't done that quite as well this year as compared to last year because I think they're playing a little bit quicker. So it could be maybe a little bit more higher scoring than we're thinking. It could go one of two ways. I mean, it could fall into Syracuse shooting too many jumpers because I know you talked about how they're going to have to make jumpers to win the game. That's definitely true, but also... There has been times this year where we've watched the Orange on offense and gone, gosh, stop settling for right. long two. No, you stop are right. settling. Mm-hmm. And that that's the trap I'm worried about a little bit when I rattle off those stats about how good they are at limiting shots at the rim. That's true. No, it's definitely going to be – it's very two contrasting styles, if that makes sense here. We're, we're going to see yeah. completely different basketball teams, and that's the beauty of the NCAA tournament because neither of, the te- of these teams have really prepared – for the other one that they're going to face in a little less than a week. couple of series notes all time between Syracuse and San Diego State. This is the third ever meeting between them. Orange is 2-0. and And they both come in complete polar opposite seasons. So <laughs> the first one came in the NIT with your guy Devo. Our guy Devo. He played in that really? NIT game. Um, that team. Devo, Andy Routens, Demetrius Nichols. And they were an NIT team. But they, they yeah. had double-figure victories in each of them. The other one was the aircraft carrier game. Remember that one, the Final Four team with oh, yeah. MCW? So that was that 2012-2013 team. And to that, I counter with, let's get an aircraft carrier, slap that thing on Lake Michigan. Forget the aircraft carrier. You can't get an aircraft carrier onto a lake, a landlocked lake. But you can get like a, a yacht or something like that. I'm sure Michael Jordan's got some giant yacht on Lake Michigan somewhere. He's definitely got a basketball court on it. So, Rakeem Christmas, the uh, son-in-law of Michael Jordan, make it happen. Let's play this game on a yacht basketball court, Lake Michigan, book it. Yeah, you know, I looked up some of the highlights of that aircraft carrier game once I I saw they were playing San Diego State. It's one of those things that, you know, there are a couple things you look back on and you're like, Wait, like, that Why actually was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, but this is one of those things where you're just like, wait, why did they play on a boat again? Like, <laughs> whose idea was this? So much and stuff goes wrong when you play cool. on a boat. But <laughs> Yeah, and I know it had, I think there was some military angling to it that mm-hmm. I'm sure it raised some money and all that, but it's just baffling. And then you think about it this year, maybe that could have been a, a good thing to do because of COVID, then you could... Maybe get some people yeah, just at the send, game. And, talk about creating a bubble. Just send some teams out to see and, and say, all right, go go hoop it up for a couple months. Yeah. I don't know. that the, Those highlights are just staggering to watch back. And I remember UNC played in one of those games, and it's like actually affecting 15-foot jumpers because there's literal wind. It, it made no sense, and it still kind of makes no sense because it wasn't like they were – playing on I, the the boat wasn't like stationary too it's just a, it's an odd thing to watch back no uh, but they will yeah. be playing who knows where they'll be playing we actually don't know the time as of us recording either 
Um, I would assume maybe later in the day, but I don't even want to try and venture a guess. The only reason I say later is because San Diego State is a West Coast team. So for TV rating purposes, maybe you'd, you'd tip it off at night, but we'll see on that end. Yeah, I guess. Well, the bigger fan base is on the East Coast. So yeah, they'll probably they'll probably opt to a Syrac. Well, again, they they really don't have a say. I don't think. I, I don't I actually. I think it's probably a foolish exercise to to try to right. guess the time there. So let's guess five forty. That's my guess. That's my final lock it in. <laughs> five forty cool. Eastern. What do you have? Um, the other thing to mention here before we kind of wrap up is we're going to be doing a on our website i think we'll tweet out the link to this i I shouldn't even say our website probably just look for it on our twitter page because we don't have a website but locked on all the college teams are doing kind of a bracket challenge thing so we're going to have a locked on syracuse bracket group for everyone of our listeners to join if you want to play with us i'm sure we'll throw in our bracket picks we'll winner can come on the show over west virginia yeah winner come on the show yeah yeah, let's set it up. I'm all for that. And shout out to Lee, by the way, who man literally sent word. us a photo. Yeah, yeah, of man of his word. He was eating his shoe. You can find it on our Twitter account. Good for him. Yeah, I think we'll do that. What do you want to do that tomorrow? Just knock it off tomorrow. Yeah, let's, the oranges. Yeah, so I figure what? Let's do it on the show. Let's do it on the show. We'll have some oh, yeah. video components to it as well. I know they always taught us what eating is the worst thing that you can do on on a a show, TV, radio, all that stuff. But who cares? Who cares? We lost, all right? So we're going to take those things fresh off the stove and we're going to put together a little concoction. For those who don't know what we're doing, by the way, there's that whole TikTok trend of you burn the orange, you mix it with some brown sugar, and it'll get you your taste and smell back when you are when you have that as a, a symptom of COVID-19. Now, Tim and I have not had COVID-19, knock on wood, um mm-hmm. but just got my vaccine this weekend too did you really which yeah well, congratulations yeah Glad it kind of knocked that. me out though did it um yeah i felt pretty crappy this that's what i've heard that's it, yeah that's that's the common trend anyway well happy for you um but i yeah so we're gonna do that tomorrow we're we'll do it tomorrow on the show i'm looking forward to that for the tuesday show we will be doing the uh, it doesn't even have a name we, we've i think we've given this thing more pub I'm sure there are so many yeah, people right. that are so confused, but it is a thing. I know SVP did it, and it didn't work for him. But I've seen a number of people try, it and it has worked for them. So I don't know. Maybe they're actors. I could be just getting duped here. But yeah, I, I still don't really know what we're doing. But you're the one who came up with it, and I gotta watch a video. I'll find a video, a video and I'll send it to you. I'll, I'll tweet out a video yeah. too. I'll find one. Okay, cool. Well, that'll be tomorrow on the show, and I'm sure we'll we'll have some Anthony, some of Anthony DeBundo's digits, as we'll have all week. We'll have more thoughts on San Diego State. Maybe we'll know the time of the game instead of just you know what else we're gonna guessing. do throughout the week. We're also gonna have to get into our most important players in the tourney, and oh yeah, since it's the tournament time, you know what that means, Tim. We have to dive into the potential Mala candidates for this Syracuse team because I think there's a couple. <laughs> I really do. Oh, yeah. And for those who don't know what the Mal candidate is, think back to Malachi Richardson. Wasn't really on draft boards before that 2016 run. Then he pops off and goes to the NBA. We're going to try to identify those players on the Syracuse roster. I think there's an obvious one, but I think there's two or three sleepers. So we'll no get doubt. into that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's one of our favorite, the Mal candidates. I, I feel like a lot of people consider it Dante DiVincenzo as well for what he did for Villanova. Yeah. But and of course, Kemba Malachi Walker. Malachi Richardson. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, he, it he's a poster with, boy. Yeah, for that. it flows with the Malachi, Mal candidate. Right. All right, well, that's going to wrap up our Monday podcast. Thanks for listening. As always, subscribe. There's really no better time than to subscribe right now because if you believe in the Orange and you think they're going on a run here, we'll have tons of content. We're going to get you guys caught up on everything you need to know about San Diego State. I can promise you no podcast will be researching more on the San Diego State Aztecs. Every single day. Uh, Subscribe. Yeah. So by the time the game rolls around, whenever it is on Friday, you will know that roster up and down. You'll know their tendencies, their strengths, their weaknesses. So subscribe for all of that good stuff. And we'll be back on the show tomorrow. For Tyler, I'm Tim. We'll talk to you guys then. (laughs) 